Okay, recording live. The newest episode of Marta the Minimalist podcast, exclusively for you, the members of The Minimalist Method for Prosperous Female Entrepreneurs. I love helping other people to not have to go through some of the tests and trials that I did if possible. This is where you get the first dibs of the best business strategies ever so you can grow your revenue while minimalizing your time, your efforts, and your energy. There's great coaches. There's people in this field. So yeah, you want them on your team. Hi, and welcome to the newest recording of Marta the Minimalist podcast, which be, will be streamed first and foremost in the Facebook community, The Minimalist Method for Prosperous Female Entrepreneurs. So if you're not already in there, get in there. I like to bring you weekly guests who allow you to declutter your business model, declutter your schedule, your to-do list, your physical space, and the head trash in your mind so that you can make room for things that fully fulfill you and propel you forward in your business with internal peace and profit. So who better to bring today with us, Kathleen of Bridges of Peace, and she's going to talk to you about um, the one thing that you do want to stay in the room for, even if you're not quite comfortable with it yet, so that you can declutter some things out of, out of your life. And again, to make room for things that fulfill you or make room for better relationships or make room for better connections. And she's going to tell you all about that in a little bit here, but first Kathleen, tell them who you are, your story and what brought you to what you're doing today and why should they listen to you? Well, thank you, Marta. I'm so delighted to be here with everyone. And my name is Kathleen Owegon. I also go by Cat, And I am a professional mediator, facilitator, uh, communication coach. I also do personal and professional development training. And I am the host of the weekly 30-minute podcast, Co-Creating Peace, which is available on every podcast channel and also on my website, bridgesofpeace.com. And I have been doing what I do since before the turn of the century. I love being able to say that. Of course, the turn of the century was about 23 years ago. And so I love what I do. And I do what I do because I notice that human relations are so very, very important to our being able to survive and thrive in this very difficult, bizarre human journey that we're on, and especially as professionals. And one of the challenges that we face is how do we talk to each other in ways that are effective and productive and, and promote evolution? And when we're not skilled in doing that, we often do and say things that hurt other people intentionally or, other, or otherwise, and actually kind of promote de-evolution. And so I spent decades training and learning how to work with communication and work with interpersonal dynamics and conflict resolution to help co-create peace. I love that. And it is so important to have those peaceful communications. And um, those of you who do follow my 
podcast and my audience, my Facebook communities, Aaron, you've been in my audience, you know that um, I've actually had my mother in the hospital for a few weeks now. And in the past few weeks, she's been diagnosed with a couple terminal cancers. And what I'm realizing is even in a hospital setting, which you guys know they're overworked, they work so hard, they're understaffed, but there, if there isn't a training piece of peaceful communications, there's been a couple instances where I send them love, no judgment. I'm like, oh man, if somebody had taught you peaceful communication, this situation wouldn't be happening with, you know, right now. And it's so important, especially in times of crisis when you're de- dealing with delicate, um, with delicate clients, delicate customers, delicate patients. And so I commend you for what you do. I feel like that's so important. And um, I like being armed with peaceful communication. I think it's, it just creates such a smoother, smoother experience in life for everyone. So speaking of peaceful communication, what is that one thing that entrepreneurs and business leaders as they level up, especially need to become comfortable with in order to propel themselves forward, whether they're they're comfortable with it or not? Well, you know, one of the ways that we evolve and that we help other people evolve both, both personally and professionally is having the ability to gracefully communicate things that we need people to hear that might be uncomfortable. For them to hear, and when we when we know or anticipate that what we're about to say is something that the other person might not want to hear, then we develop our own fears around that, and we sometimes put off saying the things that need to be said uh, past a point when they would have best been most beneficial. We either do that, or we dive right in and we just go into attack mode, and the other person doesn't feel safe hearing us. And so one of the most important things for us to remember when we're going to deliver information that might be uncomfortable for another person to hear is to be very mindful to help them feel safe hearing what we need them to hear. Because if they are not safe, they're gonna put their shields up, they're going to go into either defensive or offensive mode or both and not be able to deeply absorb what you need for them to know. So when we deliver that difficult information, that's one of the most important things that we need to think about is how do we help them feel safe hearing us? Because what do we want? We want to be heard, right? And so best way to do that is to help them be able to drop their shields and open themselves up and hear what we need them to hear to really get that message. Yeah, and I feel that the you're you're bridging the the gap between oftentimes as women we feel like well we're not being heard and if we don't you know speak loud and and clear and proud another person is going to step over us but there is a way to communicate in a way that does express your voice express your needs and get what you want essentially without feeling like you need to attack the person, otherwise they're going to trample all over you. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, yes. And, and, you know, I want to touch in on what you said a few minutes ago about how the more 
tense the situation is, the more important the situation is to us, the more likely we are to deliver it in a strong, or information in a strong way as possible. And as you mentioned, sometimes we feel the need to turn up the volume so that we get heard. That's why we, that's why we raise our voice, right? Because we wanna be heard. That's why we repeat ourselves over and over again, because we don't feel heard. So again, the best way to help yourself be heard is to create that, uh, that safe dynamic for them to be able to hear you. So what I encourage people to do is to, whenever possible, plan in advance how you're going to say what you need to say. Be mindful of helping that person feel safe. And as you look at the situation that you want to discuss, and this touches in on a few things you were saying earlier too, Marta, try to look at the situation and the people involved from what I call the neutral observer perspective. Try to go up here outside of your head, outside of your emotions and outside of your ego and, and look at the situation neutrally. Just observe what the dynamic is. And rather than focus, focusing on the judgments of how wrong the person is or how bad this thing is doing, more focus on what doesn't work here and what would work better. Because when you deliver, deliver uh, difficult information to people, it's very often about what you want them to change right, in terms of their behavior, in terms of uh, the things that they're doing or the things that they're saying. And it's not enough to say, this doesn't work for me, right? Because all that tells them is simply that. And of course, if you say it in that way, the person is more than likely going to feel attacked and feel defensive. So in, so in addition to helping them understand what doesn't work, we need to also let them know what would work better. We need to give them guidance because the odds are if they're not doing what we need them to do, they're not clear on what we need them to do. And so letting them know that, you know, that this is what I need you to do. So when we deliver this information, we need to be mindful of that tone of voice that we use so that people don't feel attacked, not just the volume, but the actual tone. So as you were pointing out, often we want to come across as strong and this is how it's going to be and I'm going to make it so, right? And that doesn't give the other person a sense of any movement, of any space for them to move into where you want them to be. So I always recommend using the tone of voice that is inviting and inquiring, come here with me into this better place that I'd like you to join me in than this difficult place that we're in right now. Does that sort of make sense what I'm saying there, Marta? Yeah, absolutely. So let's say there was a business owner and they had a team and they feel like they've done that. They feel like they've said what they don't want and they've said what they do want over and over and over and it's still not happening. And so they find themselves in that position of continually repeating themselves without getting the results that they are looking for. What would you recommend in that scenario? Well, that sort of leads into, pardon me, that's a tough one, right? <laughs> you know, in some ways it is. Uh, so I'm going to back up just a little bit before I answer your question. So uh, I, I consider the approach to take what I call uh, conscious communication. Mm -hmm. And conscious communication, as I define it, is uh, comprised of four components. 
And the first one is to, uh, to define our goal for the outcome of the conversation. So in the context that you were just talking about, our goal for the outcome is to get them to the place that we want them to be, that we've already told them we want them to be in, and they're not there, right? So the goal for the, the conversation is to get us to be uh, in the place that we need to be together. So toward that end, we set a collaborative tone to the conversation. This isn't about you against me. This is about we need to be in a better place together. And so then when, uh, and then from there, we go into how we deliver that information and then how we listen to them and then how we negotiate. So those are the four steps of conscious communication. What you're talking about now is the how we negotiate. So when someone, when we've told someone, here's what's not working, here's what I need you to do so it'll work better, they're not getting it, they're not doing it for some reason, then the first thing we need to do is inquire and help me understand what's happening here that you're not in this place that I invited you into before. And so help me understand is a great way to ask inquiring questions to help them uh, help you understand what's happening. And they may not even have thought about it themselves until you ask them that question, help me understand, then that invites them into understanding themselves as well. Other things we can say is with that help me understand is help me understand what's in the way of your doing what, we've, what I've asked you to do, right? And I encourage people not to use the word why, like why aren't you doing this, Absolutely. right? Yeah, because it puts them on the defensive. And also, why is kind of that big intangible, right? You can't get a grip on a why. But the word what instead of why is a more tangible question. It brings the mind to a more tangible place. And so when you say what's in the way or what's preventing you from doing what I've asked you to do, then it's easier for them to wrap their mind around what kind of answer, and it feels less aggressive and less likely to put them on the defensive. Yeah, I like that. What I've found is with some of my clients, once you've had these conversations that we've talked about, and you've maybe you've gotten to the, okay, well, what's standing in the way for you? All right, maybe we need to implement some checklists, some better tutorial videos, some better automated reminders, some systems and processes in place, yet it's still not happening. Then at that time, I typically say, well, that person might just not be the right fit for that position. And it's time for you to examine what is their zone of genius and what are what is being asked of them that they're like, putting their heart and soul into it and trying so hard and just not fitting that square peg in that round hole, then it's time to have that conversation with them too. Would you say? Perhaps. Although there's a couple of things at play here from my perspective. One is what I call modality or what is called modalities of communication. And this is information from Michael Brooks book, instant rapport, which talks about how we each process and communicate information in one of three ways, in one primarily in one of three ways, visually, auditorily, and kinesthetically through experience and feeling. And so sometimes when we're delivering information, let's say verbally, and the person is not an auditory processing person, that information could literally be going in one ear and out the other 
we needed to give it to them perhaps visually, which 80% of the population process the information, most information visually. And then the uh, actually that's 70%. 20% of the population uh, will uh, process information kinesthetically through experience. So maybe we've told this person over and over again how to do this, but they're not auditory. We haven't given them the chance to actually practice trying. Well, maybe we watch them practice and have that trial and error experience. So we think that they're ignoring what we're asking them to do, when in fact, we may not have communicated it in the way that's best for them. So if we are mindful, and I encourage people to read Instant Report because there's great information in there about how to discern what modality a person communicates in. And if people contact me through my website, Bridges of Peace, I can give them a, mo a communication modalities assessment form that they can use for themselves and their employees. So that's one piece that maybe we're not communicating it in the way that they best process. The other piece is that while their current position may not be the best fit for them, that may not necessarily mean that they're out. It may mean that we need to find another place for them within the organization, yeah. to, right, to harvest mm -hmm. the skills that they have, because there's a reason we brought them in in the first place. Right. Right. And maybe we just made some assumptions, which I talk a lot about on my podcast. Uh, maybe we just made some assumptions about where their gifts and their talents fit in our organization or how to best harvest them. And we miscalculated. So then maybe before we have that conversation of, you know, maybe you're just not a good fit for this job. Maybe it's where do you think we could best utilize your talents? in our organization, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, we, and I will be vulnerable and real here. We, we've recently had a scenario with a team member who I love. This team member is like, you, you can tell they care. They really want to be a part of the organization and they really shine in certain parts. And what was happening is that I was tasking this team member with a certain position that although the disc assessment of this team member showed that this team member was uh, attentive to detail, this team member scored at the highest actually of everybody else of attention to detail, there was a lot of attention to detail that was being missed. Um, so what we were able to decipher also by doing a disc assessment was that um, this team member could not process information when verbally spoken. They need it to be written out. And so that was a big aha moment because we'd have team, we'd have meetings with clients and I'd say, all right, do this. You got it? Yep, got it. All right, do this. You got it? Yep, got it. And then it wouldn't happen. And I'd be like, what gives? This team member really cares. This team member is a star. This team member is talented. And this team member is attentive to detail. What is happening? And we were able to decipher that this team member really needed it written out in addition to it being spoken. And then we were able to also have the conversation of, what do you love to do within the company? What do you feel you're struggling with? And sure enough, it was those things that were really falling through the cracks that this team member just was like, I, as much as I try, I just, I just, I, I feel like I'm, I continually am missing the mark. And, it, and he, and this team member was very apologetic, obviously, and about that. And, and it's kind of like, at a certain point, you want to really 
make sure that you get down to the root of that because it can really play into a, a person's self-esteem. And then they start doubting themselves and then they kind of start to fall into pieces uh, in other areas because they're not excelling at this one thing that they're really not meant to excel at. And so having those communication standards that you've, um, that you've expressed could be really helpful. Yes, absolutely. And you also touched on something that is a really important aspect of communication is that, you know, you did that verifying comment. You said, so you got it. And they said, yes, I got it. And yet, even with that, we're not sure that they got the message that we intended them to get. And so, so often it's more helpful, or in addition to that, in addition to saying, got it, say, help me understand what you got, right? right? Or, or, or saying to them, so what did you understand from what I just asked? And again, being careful of that tone of voice, because we don't want to sound like we're talking down to them. So what did I say? Right. right. Like, we, <laughs> like we might say to our children, right. Did you write it down? <laughs> uh, but, but you can just be really transparent. Okay. I'm so glad you got it just to make sure we're on the same page, right. you know, help me know what it is you got. And yeah. Right. And then again, also for those visual people, even if they verbally say to you, yes, I got it. And they've confirmed to you verbally and you say, all right, great, you got it. Nonetheless, visual processors will not remember the spoken word as well. Right. And so then that's where you say, you know, I'm going to just shoot you a quick email just to remind you of this or or shoot me a quick email. Let me know that you got it. And that way, when they have it in writing, as you were pointing out earlier, they're going to be more likely to remember it, just like that employee that you were talking about. Yeah. Also right. setting expectations. Right. Because I might say do X, Y, Z. You got it. And the team member might say, got it. But they might think they have a month to do it right? Where I'm expecting do it now, right? So it's being specific about those expectations that you are asking of others. Oh yeah, absolutely. We hear people's um, bosses saying, I need that done right away. And the other person what says, that mean? <laughs> right, exactly. And the other person says, you got it as soon as yeah. possible, I'll get it to you. And so right away for the one person was 30 minutes from now, as yeah. soon as possible is by Friday. By right? the 10 other million things they have on their to-do right. list. Exactly. So that's such a good point that you make Marta about being very specific and, and inviting them to confirm that that's realistic and doable. And if it's, if they say that it's not realistic and doable, that's exactly. where negotiation comes in. Right. And that's where we say, help me understand what's in the way of you meeting that deadline. What can I help you clear out of the way so that you can meet this deadline? Should we look together at your priorities? Because maybe you have in your mind something that's a higher priority than what I'm asking of you now. And I'd like to join you in reassessing that, you know, and so I'm hoping that the listeners are paying attention to my choice of words because so much of it is about the language that we use to help people know that, hey, we are on the same team, even if in this moment we're having some friction and tension or we're having different perspectives of the same situation. Hey, we're all in this together, not just as colleagues, but as fellow human beings. Yeah. And the more that we use that we language, that together language, that join me language, the more people will feel like, hey, we are aligned as beings, even if on this particular topic, we haven't found our alignment yet. 
And so the, that kind of language is so important in those situations as well. Awesome. Well, I think this has been really good communication. Did you get that? That pun, pun intended. <laughs> but, <laughs> <as> Kathleen, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Part of the comedian. As Kathleen mentioned, you actually mentioned that you have a communications modality assessment. Is that what you have on your website? It's actually not on my website, but people can contact me directly through my website and I'm happy to send it to them. And then I also have a a training called Create a Better Tomorrow, which is all about conscious communication and conflict-free communication. And then I have lots of other personal and professional development trainings on my website, many of which have to do with how do we relate to one another? How do we work with through conflict with one another uh, and all kinds of tools like that. The people are always welcome to reach out to me and say, hey, I've got this thing happening. What do I do? And I'm happy to help them figure out the best way to move through that in with effective, positive, conscious communication and collaboration. Yeah. So AKA getting people to do what you want with a smile on your face. Just kidding. (laughs) And I got to say that when people say to me sometimes, you know, this, this, this planning out your conversation, isn't that kind of manipulative? And I say, well, wait a second. And this touches into what you're saying, Marta, that there it's not manipulation, it's motivation. And here's the difference. Manipulation is getting people to do what you want them to do, whether they like it or not. And that will usually not last long. Motivation is helping people to, to helping to get people to do what you want them to do and be happy that they're doing it. And that lasts forever. And that builds relationships. And so, yes, we need to help people find their way and motivate people to come with me and let's take this journey in a more positive way together. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, you guys will know where to find her because we'll put the links in the show notes and in the descriptions and whatever platform you're watching, you'll know where to find Kathleen. Thanks for this awesome conversation. Thank you, Marta. It was a joy to be with you. And I so admire and honor your work. Thank you. You too. Thanks.